0: This is Brett Luster with the Perspective Through Pain podcast. I have Tasia Persevage with me today from CrossFit Mayhem. Say hi, Tasia. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Brett. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. This is, oh man, it's such a joy to have you here. You are, oh my gosh, uh, a wonderful person with CrossFit Mayhem, and it's a wonderful thing to see what you guys are doing there with Mayhem Mission, Uh, even more so, you know, that's that's the big thing, CrossFit Mayhem is is something with uh, with CrossFit, of course, and uh, we'll get into Mayhem Mission, because that happens to be with the gospel and, sharing, that, and uh, sharing the gospel, so can you tell us a little about your role with CrossFit Mayhem and Mayhem Mission? Sure,
1: yeah, so I mean, I originally came to CrossFit Mayhem, Cookville, Tennessee, to compete on the team with Rich, and that was like what brought me here, and then from there, I've started working for CrossFit Mayhem, so I help write some of the online programs that people do around the world, and help with some back-end stuff there, I'm on um, a couple podcasts, Into the Storm, which is like um, a focus on going through scripture, and then Froning and Friends, which is just fun, us laughing, joking around, and then recently, I've also taken on a position at Mayhem Mission, so... Mayhem Mission was just came about because Rich and Rich Roning and then Brian Nelson, who started um, the nonprofit, they just believe, you know, in just spreading the good news and the love and serving other people and using the platform that God has given him to help people around the world. And that's something that's also really important to me. So I was asked to be on the board of directors and I'm a board member, and I've taken on, in the last month, a little bit of a bigger role, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, you can say, just doing administrative stuff, answering emails, helping with social media, talking with donors, and just helping build
0: the Mayhem Mission platform. Oh, man, that's amazing. So how did you and Rich Froning and CrossFit Mayhem really get connected in the first place? Yeah, so funny enough,
1: I was competing in the East. I was living in New Hampshire, and I was doing CrossFit, and I was going through a little bit of a hard time at the time that was leading me up to coming here, and I had just been in prayer that God would, like, open a door for me to leave where I was at and to go somewhere else, and so for over a year, I prayed that prayer. I was just like, I feel like I'm meant to be somewhere else, but I don't know where that's supposed to be, and Funny enough, as I was on a job interview in a different state, I got a message on Instagram in my DMs from Cross and Mayhem Freedom, the team, that was like, "Hey, do you think you'd be interested in being on the team?" And originally, that was not really in my plan because I was competing as an individual, and I felt like I really enjoyed that and loved that. And over the course of just like praying about it and coming to visit Mayhem and seeing what the Mayhem team was all about. I was just begging God, like, please let me come here. I feel like there's something about this place. I just <laughs> want to be here. And I, they ended up picking me, which is it's funny because if if you don't follow CrossFit, you might not know that it was kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that a lot of women would just totally kill for to be on Rich's team. And so... Yeah. For them to choose me was such an honor and I was so excited and then I came here and that was at the end of 2017 and the rest is kind
0: of history. Oh man that's amazing. Yeah I hear you talk about praying and and before we got into the recording that you know that you wanted to be obedient to God. Can you tell me a little about what how big is God to you Tasia? I mean
1: um, it's funny because sometimes I feel like I almost bring God into well, because He's part of everything, right? He's our Creator, He's yeah. kind of created me and all of us, and so I, I'm sometimes like, oh, my, am, am I making it too much about God? And then I'm like, oh, wait, it actually is all about God.
0: So um,
1: I'm allowed to release that. But um, faith is a huge part of my life, and something that's been so incredible about being at CrossFit Mayhem is. Before I come here I was a believer but I wasn't really living the way I should and I didn't have a good community of believers around me and um, I came across it mayhem and was just like enveloped in this community of people that that believe and support that and so my faith since I've been here in the last almost four years has grown so so much and <laughs> Um, I talk about it often, but I'm like, God didn't bring me here to win gold medals, although I've won a couple and it's been great, but I truly know that he's brought me here to just, you know, renew my faith and grow that faith in him and grow that relationship with him.
0: Oh man, that's amazing. Do you feel like you are a role model to young women and uh, what do you feel like is your role? Do you feel like that's fair? that you that young women do look up to you maybe these competitions and uh do you embrace that
1: yes absolutely I, I do count myself as a role model to young women and i i don't take that um lightly and that's something that's really important to me actually my heart is really very much for young women and the struggles that that both men and women face but especially being a woman growing up a woman knowing certain things that we face. um And helping encourage young women in that, for example, things like, you know, disordered eating and body dysmorphia and things that I've struggled with in the sport and just like helping inspire young women that they're perfectly made, beautifully, wonderfully unique with a purpose that's destined for them. And so like that is something that's super important to me and that I do um, think about often when I'm either posting or representing
0: myself and things like that. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's really good. Um I'm gonna throw it out there with the what you were talking about before we started recording. Just stop me if uh you don't want to talk about it. But the whole obedience and you're not gonna be competing this year because of um because of that, that thing. Um, is that okay to speak with you about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so yeah, can you tell me about that again, how Uh, why you're not going to be competing in the near future. And then tell me about kind of how God's teaching you more obedience through this season.
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, like we spoke about a little bit before the call or right at the beginning of the call, um, at the end of the 2020 season, I was facing some adrenal hormonal issues that um, I'd never actually really experienced in my life. I've been competing since I was five. I did gymnastics all the way through college, and then there was like a brief little break there before I started crossfit, and then kind of dove full into that. So, I'm 30 years old. I've been competing for like 25 years, and um, my entire life I've been able to just kind of tell my body what to do, and it would do it. And I faced something that was a little bit different at the end of 2020, where I had to kind of slow down my training and um, honor my body a little bit more than I ever had to do, and. During that time, it was plenty of time for me to, you know, heal and get ready for the 2021 season, but I felt this really strong call from the Lord to surrender that to him, and um, it wasn't what I wanted to hear, if I'm being completely honest, and I met it with a lot of resistance and just kept kind of pushing through, like, no, I'm not sure if this is right, and I kept, it's so funny, I kept praying about clarity, I'm like, God, just give me clarity, and he'd give me clarity. I'd be like, you know what, God, I need more clarity, me hmm. more clarity, and he kept delivering, and he kept delivering, and um, at the beginning of January, I finally stepped into that obedience and was officially, was surrendered that to him, it was like, I'm not going to compete this season, I, you know, made that announcement, told my team, made it clear, and since then, I've been so blessed just to see the fruit of that, so like joy, peace, and purpose, and like knowing that God, God is teaching me that I need to trust him because he knows better for me than I know what's for me. And sometimes we can be so small minded and only see our plan and what we have. And like think that that's where all the fruit is and that what that's going to bless us when being obedient is actually, um, the answer there. So it's been, it's been a really interesting and wonderful journey, and I'm, I'm still going through it, but seeing almost immediately, stepping into obedience, the fruit that came out of that was was really cool and also almost like funny, like, oh, goodness, God, you know what you're doing. What am, what am I thinking? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he knows everything, and it's crazy. It's hard to surrender that thing because let's talk about identity. You feel like... Uh, you know, you were a gymnast, and I've thought about questions to ask you with that, too. But, like, with your identity, how hard was that to get over your yourself? I mean, you probably identify heavily with being a CrossFit athlete, with being an athlete, with being uh, a lifter and being into fitness, uh, even though, you know, I'm sure you're not. That's not all that you know that you are now because you're in Christ. but. How hard is that to just surrender and say, no, this is not my identity, that I'm not, you know, I'm not, first of all, a CrossFit athlete. That's not who I am, number one. Uh, so how how hard was that to surrender that part of kind of identity?
1: Honestly, it was really hard and um, much harder than I thought it was going to be because, I've always, you know, like since I've been here, I'm constantly remind myself like my identity is not on CrossFit. So, you know, if you go out into a competition, you can compete in freedom knowing that if I come first place or last place, my identity doesn't change. Um, And so that's something I've always been, you know, reminding myself of. And I think you actually have a greater challenge when something is taken from you. Right. So I, I would always say that and I believed it. It wasn't that. I was lying about it I actually believed it and then when it was truly taken away from me though is when I felt that my identity was more in process than I thought it was and more in competing than I truly even believed about myself and um so it's been really a refining process of seeing that okay yeah that's what I said but now I have to live it and truly believe that um and so that's what I have been going through and that's so important and i think that's something i had to learn and had to learn it me it's funny i feel like i always have to learn things the hard way people are probably like me as well (laughs) and that was just the way that i needed to learn it to experience it and truly separate my identity um from crossfit and i remember during this process of the last few months i had read a quote by bob goth and if he had said i'll probably mess up a little bit but he's like When you're taken, when what's taken away from when what you're known for is taken away from you, what's left is who you really are. And I got to thinking that of like I'm mostly known for being a CrossFit athlete, but that's not truly who I am. And so I have to be able to separate that um, to truly live as God's calling me to live.
0: Oh, that's so good. Yeah, whenever I was going to uh, grade school over near where I live now, uh, this little town called Edwardsville, Illinois. It's near St. Louis, but it's a, it's a suburb. And there's this young lady. She was, her name was, uh, I don't even give her name, but she was like sixth grade, and she would do gymnastics in the morning. She had to get up super early. I think it was like 5 a.m. or something like that, and then be get a practice in and then get to school by 7.30 or 8. And, uh, I mean, you saw the sacrifice she put into it, but I always had at the back of my mind, like, does she really want to be doing this? And how is this affecting her as a person uh, in that, that sacrifice? And I feel like her her identity was wrapped up into that thing. You could tell on her face she had bags on her eyes. And I'm like, she's in sixth grade, you know. Even at that point, I knew that that, wasn't, that really wasn't, wasn't healthy for her. I'm not saying that's the standard. Uh, in gymnastics, is that something? Is identity a big thing? And is it... Uh, like keeping your weight low, I know wrestlers deal with that too, but it, it affects women differently. Can you talk a little about identity and gymnastics and everything? If that's a big issue there. Oh,
1: sure. I think it's huge, and for any young person in sport. And um, I actually lived a similar life to this woman, oh, this young girl that you're talking about, where I, when I was uh, growing up, I did double days for gymnastics. So I trained in the morning before school. I went to school, and then I would like leave school early to go train in the afternoon because. I had this desire, I wanted to go to the Olympics, and that meant you had to sacrifice everything, and that's also where some of these, like, disordered eating that I experienced, and um, this ingrained, like, hate of my body, oh. and things started from a young yeah. age, just because, like you said, right, there's, like, this standard of what you're supposed to look like, to be a gymnast and what's the best and although I think the sport is growing and a lot of coaches and people are growing with that to make the sport better um it definitely was something that I struggled with young so my identity 100% was in gymnastics and I remember I just had these dreams about just like how much better my life would be you know I could get a gold medal or stand on a podium or hit this trick and that it was so wrapped up in it that it would define my days right if I had a good day in the gym that means I had a good day um, if I had a bad day in the gym, then I didn't have a good day. So I think it is a is a big um, problem, and I'm hoping that we'll see um, it grow, the sport grow, so that it's not as prevalent as it is now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it can consume you, can it? The, the whole identity thing, if you let it? Oh, <laughs> it's, absolutely. It's just... It can become all-consuming. <laughs> it, what Bible verse would you give to combat that, or what sort of passage that... That's not who we really are. I mean, we're not an athlete first. We're not a, even even a husband or a son, daughter, whatever. You know, how where do you find in scriptures that help you to see, okay, this is my true identity? Um, yeah, I always think
1: the biggest one for me is just that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and just reminding myself that my identity isn't made from gymnastics or CrossFit, but made from the Lord, and he made me. Specifically,
0: the way that I am for a reason—that um, would probably be the biggest one for me. Yeah, that's so good. That's good. Um, but yeah, once again, thank you so very much for being with me today. Uh, it's amazing having you here, and you've you've really um, you've accomplished a lot. And and even better is that you are filled with faith. So let's get into. Some, I guess, lighter things, uh, but, like, what are your three favorite hobbies that have nothing to do with fitness?
1: Okay, so, oh, three favorite hobbies. I love drinking coffee, which I'm not sure you can consider that a hobby. It's probably not the healthiest one. Yeah. Um, But I just like coffee with friends like sitting chatting talking with people i i love to talk so um that's one of my favorites i i love to read i do a lot of reading and then i know this one you said not fitness related but (laughs) i love just hiking and being outside which is kind of fitness related um but just getting out into nature and just like experience
0: all that like being at the beach or in the mountains i love all that now, Cookville, would you, is that, like, actually part of the Smoky Mountains yet, or how would you describe that area? Um, it doesn't have
1: a ton of hiking and mountains. We do have some. We have, like, a few waterfalls and trails that I go on, but it's not a huge into that stuff. Um, but it's still got
0: enough. Yeah, very good. So, uh, what is... One thing that you're most passionate about with Mayhem Mission. Okay, first of all, I gotta kind of give the background. I'm so passionate about these guys. Like, I looked up uh, what they're about. So their faith, uh, fitness, family, right? Yes, yeah, that's correct. Family service. and service. And so, yeah, it's just I became a fan after I was after I was researching and and looking up them and CrossFit down there. So, yeah, tell me what's your favorite. your your thing you're most passionate about with mayhem mission yeah i
1: mean it's definitely it's simple right it's the opportunity to serve and love people that are not only here around me but around the world and um what's really cool is mayhem mission is going to have a big reach right there's so many people i mean we all there's so many people we need help that are out there that um, we want to serve and we want to love on and just getting the chance to meet these people and help them and serve them and love them. That is something that I I know I'm called to do, um, that we're all called to do. So I'm super
0: passionate about that. That's amazing. And also back to a little has to do with a little bit with identity, but so core values, do you write your core values down? I actually, I was listening to a podcast and your, your friend, uh, the gentleman on the far left, whenever they had you, you know, Rich, and it was a couple other people. But one of his was excellence because he said he always strived to be perfect. And he said that was uh, a sliding downhill that, like, just led to a spiral downward that you just – it's not good to go there because you're never going to be perfect. So he said excellence would be a better one. Uh, and, like, do you write yours down? I have nine of mine, but some of the people aren't, like – they don't write them down and what are yours if you if you've articulated them
1: yeah I have some for sure I mean I definitely fall into with faith family fitness service like those are actually although those are CrossFit Mayhem's core values they're also in my top core values as well and then along with that love love is super important to me just trying to live from love and to love people well and to love like Jesus did like that is at the core of like the question I ask myself when I'm doing things like, is this coming from you and the selfish desire in your heart or are you acting out of love? So that's really important to me. Um, and then empathy is another one for me, like just being empathetic and compassionate. I feel that some of the things I face in my life have given me a greater platform to stand, to empathize and help other people. So making sure like, like we talked about with young women, not taking that, that, platform lightly and using it for good to help as many people feel less broken in the world. Um, so those are the,
0: the biggest ones for me. Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, love, uh, you're, you talked a little about your mom, too. I saw with that podcast that your mom helped you to really understand love, to really understand what that's all about. So it doesn't have to do with First Corinthians 16, 14. Also, can you kind of describe to me a little about how your mom played a role in that? Sure, yeah. Uh, my mom's been such a huge
1: influence in my life, and I've talked about it on many podcasts, but I grew up in a single-parent home, and she raised me. I have a sister, an older sister, Tamar, and then two brothers, Caleb and Zach, so four of us all on her own while just working three jobs. She was just, you know, barely making ends meet, and So, from a young age, I was able to witness just hard work and sacrifice. Um, And, like, that's what you do for people you love, you sacrifice, and you show up and you're there. And um, I was able to witness that example really from a young age. And even, like, as I've grown up, and just knowing that my mom's always there for me and she hasn't always just, like, patted me on the back, right? There's discipline involved in that and things like that to help you grow. Um, so
0: she was a great example. She is a great example of, um, what love is. That's awesome. You mentioned empathy too. That's something that, do you ever feel like, uh, cause you're, you're a sensitive person and you know, sensitivity is very, you know, it's a very, it can be a gift. Um, so do you ever feel like you're around people and you kind of feel like if they're sad, you kind of feel that, or if they're, even if they're happy, you feel that it kind of rubs off on you. Do you, You'll feel empathetic to that degree? Yeah, totally. I think that's something. So I'm
1: on the Enneagram, I'm a two, so I'm a helper. And I think sometimes my empathy and that part of me, that sensitive part of me can be a blessing, but it can also be a curse, right? Because there has to be a little bit of separation. And um, I do truly feel what someone's feeling when they're in pain and feel their joy when they're in joy. Um, So it's been a process of me kind of refining that and making sure that, it's in a healthy way because all these great things too can be unhealthy if we're not using them the right way. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely noticed that <laughs> I'm like
0: that. Yeah. Have you ever pursued acting?
1: No, no, I don't. <laughs> I didn't love, I don't love being in front of the camera. Actually, oh, okay. I wasn't really much in front of the camera until I came to CrossFit Mayhem. And now I'm really used to it because there's always a camera around to was around. Um, <laughs> but it was really difficult
0: for me at first. Yeah, yeah, actors love the the empathy. That's how they get into their roles, right? So, what mm. are how about today specifically, Tasia? What are three things you're most thankful for? Okay, today specifically.
1: Um, well, definitely just the community that surrounds me and like the people that are around me every day. I'm constantly, probably on a daily basis, reminded of how grateful I am that God brought me here and that I'm here being able to live a life that I love and do um, that I love um, things Mm -hmm. that I love Uh, I'm definitely grateful for a safe place I was thinking about it before we came on the podcast the fact that like we live in a safe place that we can talk about Jesus and I can talk about my faith and that's not actually like it is everywhere around the world that people aren't in a place where we can just talk about it and it be okay so I'm super grateful for that and then also I
0: mean I'm grateful for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know I talked about coffee earlier, but I just love a good cup of coffee, and I'm grateful that I get to have that every day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, coffee is is an amazing thing, invention, if you want to call that. Actually, I was going to have coffee today, but I was so stoked to be on the podcast with you. I was like, Brett, don't have any coffee, or else she's going to be uh, fumbling all over your words and she's not gonna be able to understand what you're saying, but I was I was so excited to be uh, interviewing you about about Mayhem Mission and about CrossFit. So, yeah, no coffee yet, but after we get off, there will be coffee. Yes, so you are a coffee lover too. Yeah. So what about what's your favorite uh, coffee drink? People ask
1: me this all the time. The last time I got asked, I literally named almost every coffee drink that exists. So I'm trying to narrow it down. I love an Americano. Um, That's top of my list. But I drink regularly drip or like, you know, a traditional coffee in the morning. Um, And then sometimes if I'm feeling fancy, I like a latte.
0: So I've covered all the bases. (laughs) Nice. How about brand whenever you're making it? Do you you go for Starbucks or what what do you go Um, for if you're making it? Well, right now, obviously, Buffalo Brew, we have our own
1: coffee shop across the main. So I'm a big fan of that. But I also kind of like try a bunch of different kinds for a small period of time. I signed up for Misto Box and they send you like just a different kind each time. Because um, I like to try different things. I don't want to get like too settled in on one because there's so many different coffee brands in the world. Um, so I try to mix it up.
0: Very good. Yeah what would you be doing if you weren't a crossfit athlete oh man well definitely working on mayhem Mission <laughs> <that> <laughs> yeah i'm
1: already doing i yeah. i love it uh, but i mean do we have to talk should i say coffee again about opening <laughs> my own coffee shop <laughs> hey go for it i think that i honestly and this is it's kind of a pipe dream of mine to open my own coffee shop and it's not just because I love coffee, but I love the idea of just community and like having regulars and people come in and you get to talk to them and learn a little bit about their life each time they come in. So it's more the idea of just loving on people, I guess, in yeah. a way that's really hands-on and then also involves a nice warm drink.
0: <laughs> yeah, have you ever read the book from the Starbucks CEO? Oh, I Howard Schultz, yeah. He started it out whenever he got inspired. He went over to Italy for business for some I don't even think it had to do with coffee, but he noticed in the little shops along the main thoroughfares there there'd be little old men just hanging out and drinking their coffee and sharing stories. They'd be laughing, big laughs, and so he was actually inspired by Starbucks from Italy. Wow, so that's a it, cool story. Yeah, you should definitely check out the book. Like, he has a very inspiring story. And they've been very, you know, we talk about your Enneagram and about sensitivity. He's very sensitive. That's why you see Starbucks go for so many different social issues. They're very heavily on community, building community, uh, donating to people who are more disenfranchised. So, yeah, his was, I think he's written multiple ones, but it's Howard, Howard Schultz and it's, yeah, the, the name escapes me, but it just came out maybe within the last three or four years. Uh, okay, but yeah. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, you, sh- yeah, you should look it up. And uh, so he was over there, and I mean, he, he figured if I can just bring that back and, and put this on corners here, we can have that so- same sense of community. It wasn't even, oh man, I got to make some money. I got to get get this idea over here so that, so that we can make some millions. No, it was that he he actually wanted to build community here. So that was that was the idea, and that was the the kind of high view he wanted. He wanted to go after. Wow! And now look what it's grown into. That's really cool. Yeah, and you see that too. Well, what did he call it? The third, the third place, I believe it was, because you got home, you got work, and then you got Starbucks. <laughs> that's so, so funny. <laughs> so you can actually go to you know like in, for instance in the morning or after you get off work, you know that's where you can bring out your laptop and you can talk to the, the barista that you've known for, for the last few weeks and just kind of share community there. So I love Starbucks. Um, yeah, I love almost everything about them. So.
1: Yeah, they're, they're
0: great. I love them too. <laughs> yeah. So I have – we're just jumping around from uh, thing to thing here. But sure. uh, just holler if there's something that you want to continue on or if you want to ask or anything. Um, but – Say, what does the physical pain in competition teach you? Like whenever you're training, you have you have your snatch squats and you have your clean and jerk and you have your, uh, the different workouts you do. But what is – sometimes it hurts, right? Like you get you – f- you almost feel like uh, maybe not injured isn't the right word, but you're pushing yourself so far in competition and training. Tell me what the pain kind of uh, threshold and all that. What does pain teach you if that's a clear enough question? Yeah,
1: sure. No, I, I think pain is super important. I think that so many good things can come through pain. And we've seen that through a lot of, you know, stories in the Bible, obviously. But even aside from that, like, everyone in this world on earth is going to face pain. So, like, we're all going to go through it. Um, and I think that oftentimes we can be used in a greater way if we experience pain, right? And something I talked about before is, like, that empathy, Right. Um, So you experience pain, and then you can help someone through their pain because you've already been through it. So that's one avenue. And then just CrossFit-wise, I think that pain and that shared bond of suffering really brings people together. So Mm. that's one thing that is so strong in the community of CrossFit is that you're suffering in a way that's making you closer because you have this deeper bond of going through something um, together. And Um, Yeah, I think that's why, I mean, part of the reason why I love CrossFit and just that it is hard, it is tough and you're being refined in the process and you're learning things about yourself and it's funny when, you know, people come around and they haven't done it, you can learn a lot about someone when you get them in the middle of a hard workout when they're in pain and they're not feeling good and you can learn about their character, which also can help you learn about your character, right? Like how are you, when you're experiencing pain, how do you act and what is naturally coming out of you? Um, And I think that we know like even biblically that, we are meant to, we we're going to go through things where we're crushed and we're pressed, and we're facing, like you said, James 1, that we're going to face trials of many kinds. And mm-hmm. that's how it's testing our faith so that we can produce the steadfastness and um, just make us more complete. So I think pain, like, is on a grand scale, it's so important to our lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is so good. Tasia. It's about time, and I, we need to both get off of here. Um, I don't want to <laughs> take up too much of your time. You have some important things to do. But, hey, it's been a tremendous blessing and an honor for you to be on this podcast today. Brett, thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time talking with you. Um, yeah, so thank you so much. Awesome. Tasia Persevage, and we're going to sign out here. Thank you so much.